Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Anyway, we're really good at the breaking bread together. You know, it's one of the most natural ways to fellowship, if you think about it, right? No pressure, you're eating, right? You know, you know those moments of awkward silence when you're like standing there and somebody's standing there and you're like, hmm, you know, it it can happen, right? Unless you're just a real conversational person. Some people, when they're nervous, they talk, they talk too much. It's like, right? Other people, you know, they they don't know what to say. So it's just kind of like, well, all right. You know, but when you're eating, come on, those those moments of silence, they're not so awkward, are they? It's all right to be sitting there eating, right? It helps people who are, you know, maybe not as conversational to be able to have more relaxed, casual conversation. But one of the most natural ways to, to fellowship is just around a table, right? So uh, it's also an opportunity to do what the Bible says, to stir one another up. You know, so so as we visit and we, we hear what God's doing in your life and what God's doing in your life and what God's doing in my life, come on, that's encouraging to me. When I see God working in your life, I get excited. You know, when I see God blessing people and, and doing things for them, I'm like, man, if God will do that for them, he'll do it for me. I get excited about hearing those kinds of things. Amen. You know, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, this is the favorite verse that preachers use to try to get you to come to church, right? It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, not neglecting uh, to meet together. You know, I think the King James says what? The assembling of yourselves together, right? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together is what it says. You know, that doesn't mean you can't take a time off and go go uh, to the lake or whatever you do. That's not what it means. But there's a there was a habit of some who who totally neglected ever coming together. They didn't see the value in it. And he says, don't do that because we need one another. Why? Why do we need it? Because we're to stir each other up to love and to good works. Somebody say love and good works. Love and good works are, I mean, this is part of Christianity. This is what Christianity is. Christianity is full of good works. We're saved unto good works. That's what it says in Ephesians. And you know, love uh, the Bible says that love, our love for one another, is the mark of a true disciple. John 13, 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So they'll know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because of how I love you and you love me. Not necessarily because, you know, I preach at a church or because I have a Christian bumper sticker or a Christian t-shirt or any of those things, or I I carry my Bible around. How will they know that I'm his disciple? Because of how we love one another. Come on, that's good, isn't it? So we're supposed to stir one another up to love and we're supposed to stir one another up to good works. I was thinking about this. Do you know what good works are? Good works are the, um, good works are our light. You know where Jesus said, look at the uh, Matthew 15 or 5, 14, chapter 5 and verse 14. He says, you are a light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
So he says, people don't like light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. So it gives light to the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Your good works, the good works that we do are that light that others will see and give glory to God. It talks about a city on a hill cannot be hidden. We're not supposed to be hiding these things. This is something we're always supposed to be, you know, the expression shoveling the coal on the fire. We're always supposed to be shoveling the coal on that fire of good works. How can we stir one another up and spur one another on to do good works? There's things that uh, we're supposed to be a part of as a church. And there's good works that we're supposed to do. And it could be on a large scale, things that we can do collectively together as a group. And it could be on an individual basis as you go about your life, as you go in your workplace, in your family, in your job. We're supposed to be spurring one another on to these things. Now, uh, also when we gather together, do you ever think of this? You know what the word church means is, is ekklesia? It's the Greek word ekklesia. It means the called out ones. But in ancient Greek culture, the called out ones were actually the, the governing body of a city-state. Think about it from a, a, a governing point of view. We're supposed to be, we're ambassadors of Christ. We represent the kingdom. We represent God. When we come together, we should be conducting kingdom business. Think about that. We're not just here to be entertained. You know, there's movies and baseball games and different things you can go for entertainment, right? We're not here just to be entertained. We're not here just to learn things. I mean, teaching is established in the church. We're supposed to be learning and growing in that. Uh, God gave teachers. Jesus is a teacher. But uh, we're not just here to learn something about, you know, historic Christianity or or, or uh, ancient Judaism or something like that. You can go to college lectures where they go into that, and I love that stuff. It's great. But when we come together as a church, what are we doing? We're here to do kingdom business. God wants to accomplish things through this body. Come on, look, look at your hands. God wants to use these hands to heal the world. He says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He wants to use ordinary people with ordinary hands who he can put his spirit in there and reach the world. Yeah. See, the world can't do that. The world can't bring healing. But Jesus can through his body. And we're his body. Amen? Amen. So we're ambassadors for, for God and for the kingdom. We have kingdom business to do. And so we're supposed to be sitting here when we talk, when we fellowship, when we pray together. We're thinking... How can we bring God's love and his healing and his order into hurting places of the world? Like India, as we pray for India. Like the situation where we prayed for with Joyce this morning. Come on, how can we bring God's light into that situation? God's help, God's healing. Let truth be known, let light be known, let there be love, amen? And in doing so, while we let our light shine, while we let those good do those good deeds, we're bringing glory to God. You know, what does that look like even in a, it, 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 it was a group like this in the book of Acts where Paul and Barnabas were called and sent out. Come on, those people rocked the world. They took the gospel to the world. The book of Acts tra tracks the gospel from a, a small Jewish movement to a worldwide movement. And it was in a meeting when they were ministering to God and fellowshipping, the Holy Spirit said, separate from me unto me, Paul and Barnabas. I'm going to send them on a mission. Kingdom business happens when we assemble together. Amen? You know, it could even be something 
smaller, much smaller. Maybe, maybe uh, you're not going to get called out and sent across the world, but maybe you can write a note to a missionary. Let them know you're praying for them. Boy, it means a lot to them. And I get to talk to some of them, especially when they come and visit. And uh, I try to stay in touch to, with, uh, you know, the missionaries um, who we know personally. And uh, boy, when they hear from, you know, our church or different things, it just means the world to them. They feel like sometimes they're out there all alone. And to know that you've got this backing, man, it, it means a lot. Amen. It's good works. It brings glory to God. It's just sharing the peace of God with people you work with. Or maybe it's sending money to build those churches in Tanzania like we did a month ago. Remember that? We were able to, Pastor Andy came and he shared that. And uh, man, they're, they're, they're rocking that place with the gospel. And we're being able to be a part of that. Praise God. And people see those, you know, maybe, who cares? God gets the glory, right? You know, they see the buildings going up and the churches coming out and being made and God is getting glory. And it doesn't matter. You know, we just kind of secretly <laughs> take up an offering and give a gift. We don't maybe get glory on this earth, but boy, heaven knows what happened. The angels know what happened. God knows what happened. Praise God. And we're getting God glory by doing these things. Come on. That's good, isn't it? You know, uh, uh, good, good deeds. Come on. C keep your heart and your mind ready, prayed up in fellowship with God. Why? Because then you'll be ready for every opportunity. Yes. Come on. When the opportunity comes up and, and she's like, man, alive, I was just in a fight with my wife. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I'm not ready to minister now. Okay, talk to me next week. I'm going to go pray and fast for three days. No, no, just live ready. Be ready. Come on, right? Be ready. Be ready to do every good work. And so when we come together and we pray for the needs of, of, of uh, the other people, we're lifting them up to God. What a privilege. Because not everybody knows that they can call on the name of Jesus. Not everybody's, not everybody's living for God. But when they come to you and they say, please pray for me, in their mind, they're coming to Jesus. Right? They're coming to Jesus. And what are we supposed to do? Oh, don't come to me. Just go to Jesus. No, we're supposed to point them to Jesus, but we're also supposed to say, yeah, I'll pray for you. I'm supposed to minister the love of God. I'm supposed to be able to do that. You're supposed to be able to do that wherever you go. Because why? They'll see your good works. They'll see your good deeds and they'll give glory to God. Amen. You know, there's nothing like meeting together in person. There's nothing like assembling ourselves together. In, the, in this virtual age where more and more and more of our lives are online, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, this is an extension of my life now, right? It's very important still to meet physically together. If they could do this in countries where Christianity is illegal or the church is underground where they have to sneak to do it and if they get caught, they can get killed, surely we can do it. Come on, <laughs> we can do it, right? You know, a lot of churches lately have gone into streaming, um, online streaming, and, and that's great. We did it too. Um, in fact, I found out that when we were doing it, I would read those analytics, you know, I didn't get too worked up about it really, but, but I'd look at those analytics. There's about a hundred people in the Knoxville area who would watch us regularly. And then another three or 400 over in India who would pick us up and watch us delay. Yeah. Yeah. We have four and 500 views. And, uh, and uh, I didn't believe it at first till I went to India and everybody said, well, we, we watched you. <laughs> we used to watch you. We used to watch you. There's real people out there. It was great. I'm so grateful for those kinds of ministries. But there's something about meeting together that we shouldn't ignore. 
You know, it is possible to do distance healing, distant miracles, distant preaching. It is. I've administered healing to people over uh, text messages or over a Facebook chat or over the phone. I've done it. But, you know, there's there's a connection. I had to be somewhat connected to the people. You know, um, it's possible to have a prophetic word or a word of encouragement. You know, I've done that as well. God's dropped something in my heart and I've shot out a text or or something to with the conviction that if I will hear these words and I will do them, that I can build a strong home, that I can build a strong family, that I can build a strong church by obeying the teachings of Jesus. So as I wrap it up here, a disciple is recognized by his love. They'll know, the world will know that we're Jesus' followers because of our love for one another. But you know what the definition of a disciple is? It's one who follows Jesus' teaching. You can't be a true disciple without being a doer of the word. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You've heard that verse in Matthew, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. What? Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's what makes a disciple a disciple. Do we really do these words or not? First of all, do we hear them? Do we read them? Do we know them? Secondly, do we do them in our lives? Do you want to be great in God's eyes? Be one who serves. For real. You know, I've mostly heard it like this. I'm sorry, but this is how I've heard it all my life. Maybe it was me. Maybe I misheard it. But people say like, yo, you want to be promoted? Serve. And the idea is you come in here, you work in the kids' church, you clean the bathrooms, you do all these things, and then maybe God will, you know, give you uh, a ministry that you can be boss of, like me being the boss, right? But that's not what it is. You come and you're faithful with the little things and you serve. What God will do is he will increase your opportunities to serve. You will always be a servant in the kingdom of God. The greatest person is just a greater servant. So what I mean, it's a race to the bottom in, the, in, in that way. So yeah, you come in here and you work in the nursery and you, you clean the parking lot and you, and you, you clean the bathrooms and all that. What's God going to do? He's going to give you greater influence as you have opportunities to serve. It's a blessing to be able to serve. It took me a while in my life to see this, but do you know how you increase your influence among people? You know how God increases your influence? You take responsibility for people. You become dependable. You become dependable with your commitments, with your time, with your giving, with your helping others. You show up. You be steady. You take on the needs of others. You take on their concerns. You minister to them from a heartfelt concern of prayer. And God gives you more people and more opportunities to take responsibility for, which just makes you a bigger servant. Whenever you're faithful in serving, more opportunities open up to serve people. Whenever you're faithful in giving, God will get you the resources and more opportunities to give. Whenever you're faithful to pray and minister to people, God will uh, give you a larger platform to pray and minister to more people. But you'll never, ever be done with serving in the kingdom of God because the greatest among you is the one who serves. Not that we're... we're, we're um, the greatest among you, he said, is the one who serves. Not the one who served until he got promoted and now he doesn't serve anymore. No, the greatest among you is the one who is serving right now. So another reason when we come together is to look for opportunities to love one another, express that love, and to serve one another. Amen? Amen. Come on, are you excited about serving? 
<laughs> I'm excited about serving. Let's just have a prayer. I'm going to bless the food, and then, uh, and then I'm going to ask Mary if there's any instructions that you need to give. No? Yes? We can all work together. So, so work together and bring up, and then we'll bring up the tables. Okay, we can start that right away. Okay, very good. Well, let's do this. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the word today. Thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, we are meeting here. <laughs> we are doing things, Lord. You are moving among us. You're working in our church, Lord. I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that as we go forward into the kingdom, we grow in these things, Lord. We'll become ever more and more like your son, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, Lord, who did not come to serve, be served, but to serve, Lord. Father God, I pray that out of this body, Lord, will come uh, many, many people who are willing to serve, to lay down their lives for the kingdom by expressing your love to one another, by doing good deeds, Lord, and bringing your light into this dark world, Lord. Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name, I just speak a blessing over this church, Lord. I speak a blessing that as we go and as we serve, may you find peace and may you find encouragement and may you find blessing in doing the very things that Jesus called you to do. In Jesus' name I pray. And Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together today. We thank you for the meal that we're going to have. We ask that you would bless this food to our bodies, bless those who are cooking cooking and working, and bless those who have prepared dishes. Lord, let it be a time of fellowship and truly a time of joy and peace and, and all the things that you want to make it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.